six years ago on October 16th, which is what today is, if you weren't sure of that, we had our very first um, public service as a church, and it was in this very spot. I remember that date pretty easily because it's my wife's birthday. <laughs> um, but on top of that, um, it's the, the birthday of our church. And um, the way that that worked was a handful of, of friends, many of which are still here today, had gathered together for a couple of months to pray and to organize and, and to really gather ourselves around an idea that we believe that God had, had placed on our hearts, which was to start a church from scratch. Now, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> um, and, and I think that uh, for those of us from the very beginning, when you think about what is involved in that, it's a little daunting. You know, um, some people have a real entrepreneurial spirit and they think, oh yeah, start a new business, um, move somewhere I've never been before, go to adventure in some way. You know, there's, there's certain things about that, that I, I've got little streaks of that in me where I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. Others of you are like, no, that does not feel safe. Doesn't seem secure. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. But with the church, there's, there's even an added layer um, because for many of us who have come to experience what church community actually is and what a, a, a good church that you can be connected to, what it is, there's a lot at stake. So it's not just of, ah, oh, you know, we'll, we'll kick off the business and if it fails, it fails. If it lives, it lives. If it dies, it dies. We don't care. With a church, you're, you're really extending yourselves in a lot of ways. And um, that, was a, that was a big deal for, for me personally, for my family, um, and for those of us who all said, well, let's, let's try this. This feels like the way that God's leading us. Let's, let's go for it. Um, and today, what we want to do um, is just take a little bit of time to celebrate God's work among us and also share some vision toward what God might want to do in us and through us in the year ahead. All right? So... To give you a little Bible background on what a church is and, and all that, I won't go super deep. I've already been hurting your heads for the past couple weeks as we've been going through Genesis. So tonight, today is not going to be like that. Um, but there's a, a couple simple things that the Bible shows us that are kind of descriptions of what a church is and what it's all about. In fact, Jesus himself has given all Christian churches, we all share really the same mission statement. It's sometimes referred to as the Great Commission. And it's by Jesus, and it's found in Matthew 28. I think that'll be on the screen here for you. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And here's what it says. It says, and Jesus came to, came, he's coming to his disciples, came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And here's what he does. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Pretty simple statement, but it's got some key ingredients in it. And that's what Jesus said that he wanted his followers to do. He says, you're going to go, you're going to disciple, you're going to teach, you're going to baptize, you're going to let people know about me and the things that I've taught the way that I have explained to you who God is and how he loves his creation. And that's it. You're going to go out and you're going to do those things. All right. And so all Christians, all churches share that same mission. 
Now, it, it plays out in very different ways. You know, here we are on a Sunday morning, and there's lots of churches around right now. And things look very different and sound very different. The music's different. The way people dress are different. The way that they're going through a service is different. How much they handle the Bible or not is different. Churches are different. But we really all share that same mission. All right? And then in, in the book of Acts, where we're going to look at today, we also find a, a few other little things that Jesus directed his followers um, there in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is also a very well-known verse of the Bible. It, it, this is Jesus speaking. This is before he's ascended to the Father. He, he's already resurrected from the grave. And before he ascends, he says this in Acts 1.8. But you, talking to his people, his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So by looking at just these two little verses, what we see is that the church was to be empowered to be witnesses to others about Jesus. That's the point. That's the the big picture of the church. And the next several chapters of the book of Acts describe that very thing happening. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is, this is what it's going to look like. And, and as you start going through the book of Acts, which is the beginnings of the church, and, and the, the, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, what, what the early church did, you see that starting to take place. The church was born on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on the people. And many people in Jerusalem, which was the city that they were all gathered in, the, the people in Jerusalem, many of them became believers in Jesus. And for a little while, things went really well. Everybody hears the good news of Jesus. They're like, we have a savior. He saves you from your sins. He changes your life. Everybody's like, that sounds great. Let's do that. And so more and more and more people throughout the city start becoming believers. But after a little bit of time, those that had been kind of the religious leaders of that city were like, hold on, what's going on here? There's this new teaching going on. There's all these people that used to be with us, and now they're over here with these other people. They didn't even, they weren't even called Christians yet. They're just people that followed the way of Jesus. So there wasn't even a label for them yet. But in it, as that started to happen and that started to spread throughout the city, what came behind it was persecution. Because what happened was some of these people that had been in places of religious power, they were feeling that power being taken from them. Their influence was going away. They were losing followers. (laughs) And so they started freaking out. Like, what are we going to do? This isn't okay. And so what they did is they began to persecute the church. And it tells us as we get up to to chapter 8 of the book of Acts, that as this persecution arose, everybody except the apostles, the the, that small little number of people that had followed Jesus, 11 left, right? Um, They'd added one, Matthias. But there's, there's these 12 people that's left, but everybody else was scattered throughout the region. So all these people that had become believers in Jesus, following Jesus, were feeling the persecution. They're like, we gotta move. We can't even stay living in the city that we're in right now because people are after us. And so they moved into all these little towns and all these little villages all around. But they continued to do what Jesus had told them to do. They continued to disciple other people. They continued to go. They continued to witness. They continued to share the good news of Jesus and what had happened in their lives. They couldn't help it. 
They're like, I know that they don't want us to say this in Jerusalem, but hey, I can say it to my new neighbors because this has changed my life. So I should share about it. And that's, that's what they did. They continued to, to witness and the gospel continued to spread just like Jesus said it would. Remember that verse in Acts 1.8? He says, you're going to start in Jerusalem, but then Judea, which is the next little region, and Samaria, and into the ends of the earth. It's going, to, it's going to spread out. And then we get this verse, and this is the main verse that I want us to think about here today. So if you've got your Bibles, Acts chapter 9, verse 31. All right, find that. Acts 9, verse 31. I, I will put it on the screen for you too, but it, it might be good for you to see in your own Bible. Here's what it says. It says in Acts 9.31, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, which is now a fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen, had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So here's what I want you to see. There was a period of time that God gave the church peace. Peace. And that time, it tells us here, was used to build the people. That, that time of peace built them up. It settled them. It strengthened them. It encouraged them. It educated them. It allowed them to grow and develop. It was just one of these little, little seasons of life, these little moments in life where a lot of good stuff could happen, right? And we love times of peace like that, don't we? I, I think all of us do. No matter how much you like things, you just keep on coming at you and life to, to move at full speed. Everybody likes a time of peace. Everybody likes, I know I do. I like it when things are going good for change. I like it when things are just okay and smooth. Even status quo sometimes feels good, right? Oh, it's the same old, same old. But hey, it was a good day yesterday. If it's a good day today, we're all good, right? I, I, I've, I was thinking back in different times of my life, different because we know that that's never the way life always is, right? Life has got ups, it's got downs, everything in between it. And I was thinking about like my years um, in college. College was that way for me. And I know that talking with some of our youth, many of them are considering college and thinking about what it's going to be like if they graduate next spring and head into school. You know, are they going to go to college? Are they going to go straight to work? How are they going to do this? And for me, college was a time of peace because... I was learning new things. I was meeting new people. I was experiencing new experiences. And so, so for me, I, I was growing as a person. It was this time of just peace and growth. It was good. It was a good time. And we wish, when we have those times of peace, we wish that they'd never end. You know? What if the Bible ended in Acts 9.31? And the church grew and multiplied, and everyone lived happily ever after. That'd be awesome! But that's not how it was. And that's not how it was even meant to be. Because the period of peace that we found in Acts 9, it wasn't meant to last forever. Jesus, you, we're, I mean, we're talking about Christmas and announcements this morning, right? Christmas is on the way. And, and there's a passage in Isaiah that talks about the coming Messiah that would one day be born, describing Jesus that would someday come to earth. And one of the ways that Isaiah described this coming Messiah would be, and this is one that you've probably heard before, he would be the Prince of Peace, right? You see that on Christmas cards and different things, right? Peace and joy and love and all that Christmas time. He's the Prince of Peace. And, and he is, he is the Prince of Peace. But... 
Jesus also told us when he was here on earth, he said specifically to his disciples, I, I, yes, I, I, I am the prince of peace, but I'm not here to bring peace while I'm on earth this time. Peace will one day reign, but not as long as there's sin in the world. Jesus gave that time of peace for the church, that time of building up for a reason. And that's one of the things that's important for us to know when we think about what is a church and why am I part of a church? His church, the church of Jesus, has a purpose. It's meant to be distinct. It's meant to be different from the rest of the world, but it's also meant to be useful to the world. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, he said, talking to his followers again, he said, you are the light of the world. I know most of you have heard this before. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory, not to you, but to your Father who is in heaven. This is what a Christian is supposed to do. This is what his church is supposed to do. We're supposed to be people that are built in these times of peace. We're built in this, this area, in this zone of where God's word is pouring into us and his discipline is pouring into us and we're understanding him more and we're being transformed, we're being changed. Why? Yes, to enrich your life, but also that your life would be an enrichment to others, that your light would then spread out to the people around you. And that's what naturally happens when we're with God and the people of God. And when that light shines, we're fulfilling his purpose. And, and I see similarities in our church with um, the early church. God has given us a good amount of time and peace to grow. Six years is a long time. You know, um, not too long ago, Kevin shared a few of the pictures from that very first Sunday. And the thing that I really recognize is when you look at the kids, right? Because six years in the life of a 12-year-old is a big deal. You go from six to 12, right? There's a lot there. Or from an infant to six years old, like this is, there's been some time here. Now, I do realize that two plus years or whatever it is were lost in the twilight zone with COVID, right? Which was just weird all the way around. So I'm not saying that, oh, for these past six years, everything's just been smooth sailing and wonderful. We know that's not true, but he has given us a lot of peace and time to grow. I'll tell you the truth. In the very beginning, six years ago to the day, standing right here, I know for me personally, I had a lot of stuff that I was needing to work through. I had a lot of healing and, and growth that needed to happen. There was some, some major stuff I needed to get healthy and stronger. And I think I have healed in, in many ways. And I think that was also true for many of the people that had gathered then and have come through our church. I mean, for me, it was ministry burnout and spiritual exhaustion. I was in a bad place. But even that and that time of peace to sort through these things and grow in these ways, I think that is what helped us as a church from the very beginning shape a vision statement for what this church could be and what this church should be if God had his way among us. 
And so with that, we actually built, even though I was in a pretty rough place at that point, we built a very optimistic vision statement for what we would hope the church would be like. All right, a mission is what God's given everybody. A vision is more, how is that going to play out? And so when we put together uh, this vision statement, it was a vision of a brighter future. I'm going to, many of you have heard it. It's on our website, but I'm going to put it on the screen here. Um, Read along with me on it. Here's what it says. To become a vibrant, healthy Christian community that's devoted to Jesus Christ and his transformation of our lives as we learn to love one another and our community for God's glory and our fulfillment. And I think, even now, six years later, that that statement has aged well. Because when I read that again, I still want to become, that's the kind of church I want to go to. That's the sort of church I want to be a part of. That church, I think, does what God's called us to do. And I think that in many ways, we have done that. It's not a destination point, obviously, because you're continuing to move and you're continuing to grow and continuing to move forward. But with that, I think that God has, has been faithful to us. And I think that there's some things that we have to celebrate over these years. Um, so I want to do that a little bit. I asked you guys last week to share with me some of the ways that you've been impacted by the church. And I, I got a good number of, of people doing that. So thank you if you participated in that. Um, I know many of you are thinking, oh, I was going to do that and didn't. It's all right. You still can if you want. Um, but I, I pulled a few little quotes out of some of the things that were sent to me and told me. All right. Um, one of the, the I want to share some of those with you because I think it's, it's important to hear from you, from the church in it. All right. Um, uh, one particular person said, I, I really love how this has been a church where we can really know each other. He said, it's, it's a small church where we can connect and love one another better. And then, and this is the quote, I end with what he wrote, woohoo, right? And so if you, if you know Johnny, you know that that's Johnny who, who made that statement, all right? He's not here this morning, but woohoo to Johnny, all right? Um, I, I heard from Jan, and she said, it's been a blessing to gather and encourage each other. Uh, and this is a quote from her. She said, especially in the darkness, corruption, confusion, and great loss in our country and the world. It's been a rough few years, when you look at all that, but she's still encouraged. And she also referred to the study in Philippians and how that's protected her heart and her mind. Um, I, I, I talked to Laura just last night. Um, we, we mentioned Laura's husband just passed away this week and she, she called me last night and she said, pastor, I really wanted to share some things to the church. Sorry. But she said, I've got a real gratitude for people that would pray for us, many of which have never even met us. And in such difficult times, we felt the church's prayers. And she mentioned also the tangible love. Many of you have brought meals to them, have cared for them, have helped them with the things that they need help with. It's just, it's a beautiful expression of God's love. At the, the leadership meeting this week, I, um, I, I asked some of the people from the leadership meeting, and here's a few, just a few little notes from them. Um, one of the things that, that Kevin mentioned is he said, you know, it's, it's amazing how there's been like family-like relationships being formed in this. Um, 
I don't know about you, but before this church, prior to this church, I was involved in a large church and there's lots of people and you don't, you don't, I mean, yeah, there's certain people that you know and you have good friendships with, but you don't even recognize half the people you go to church with. So you don't know if they're new, if they've been here forever, anything else, right? Um, and he said, you know, there's these family-like relationships there's so much that their immediate family is blended with the church family, literally, if you know the living situation with them right now. Um, Adrian talked about just, again, deep relationships that have been formed. He said he wouldn't be in the same place spiritually without those relationships, that he's been able to grow and continually grow. Danny mentioned something that I think is super important. She said, you know, I've seen spiritual growth happen in people, even for the people that aren't here very long. You know, maybe life moves them on. They come in, they're in the military, they get transferred. They come in, they come out. But even then, we're seeing growth. So it's not just that it's this, oh, only it takes you five years before there's any growth. No, it's happening. That's a great sign of a healthy church. And, and also this morning, um, I want to just take a, a quick minute. I want to invite Ed to come forward, wherever you are, Ed. And I, I asked Ed if he would just share a couple things. He had a couple words that he wanted to share with the, the church as well. Here you go, Ed. Welcome, Ed, for us. Go ahead, man. Wherever you Yeah, go for it. Get this out of the way. Good morning, South Point. Most of y'all know me. Uh, for those, I've met a couple people today. It's fantastic. This was great about this church. Um, I swear, we did not, me and Brett did not work this out. This is God working in our church. Because when I was thinking about a great Bible passage to talk to you today about, he drew me to the same part of the Bible. He drew me to Matthew chapter 5. And, uh, but I'm going to go a little bit further back in that chapter and... Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and read it now, and then hopefully I'll have some good things to say. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Most of you, I've, I've shared my testimony with quite a few of you. You know that I was born in a Roman Catholic household. There's never a day in my life that I, I don't remember believing in Jesus or God or any of that. But I was salt without flavor. And I was that way for a long time. I joined the military. I was still salt without flavor. Then I hit some bad times in my life. And you know, if you want to discuss what those bad times were, I'm always open to talk about those things and, and tell you how I got through them and how Jesus got me through them. But suffice it to say, for a, at the first time in my life, I realized I couldn't get through the next day by myself. And I had to turn to Jesus just to get through the next day. And I had to offer him my self-pity and have him take it away from me to get through that day. And so that was the start of my journey with Christ, the real start of it. A couple of years later, I transferred to San Diego, still Catholic, but not really going to church. You know, kind of, I got a little bit of flavor, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't have full salt flavor yet. And I don't think any of us do in, until we get there, but you know, I'm growing, I'm growing. And I have a great um, chaplain on my ship, but I have these great neighbors. I'm trying to remember their names. I think the one was named Jan. The other one was named was Gary. Um, and they were just the most fantastic neighbors. And one day I offered to help Jan with her mother. They were going to move her from one nursing home to another. And I meet Gary and Gary brings this strapping, uh, handsome guy with him. And, uh, it turns out 
his son-in-law. Um, and me and his son-in-law seemed to get along pretty well at first. And, you know, he told me he was a pastor and he had his own church. It was called South Point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop by. Uh, a year, about a year, a year passed by. I finally stopped by. Um, and the funny thing is, at first, you know, I'd come and sometimes they'd see me. Sometimes, you know, I'd go a couple weeks without me. But over time, I kept coming more and more and more. Okay? Until a time where it's, it's pretty, pretty much every Sunday that I was coming, I felt obligated. But here's the thing. I had these neighbors keeping me honest. Right? I knew I was going to have to explain to Jan why I wasn't at church if I didn't show up. Right? Okay? She'd go, hey, where were you? Oh, well, you know... Yeah, well, I was watching a football game. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Um, but the funny thing is, right as I, my heart was starting to grow in the South Point, right when I was at the point where I was coming on my own, I, I was just coming because I wanted to come, they up and moved. And it dawned on me that God kept them right there that whole time to make sure I came to this church and to make sure I grew in this church. It is amazing how when you look at your life and you look back at it, you see God working in it even where it doesn't seem like he's working. I want to conclude with, well, the third part of my story. Let's go with that. Let's start there. So now I'm a part of the church, and I'm, I'm not one to challenge myself. That's just not the way I was. Uh, in fact, Brett had to ask me to do this. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I let Brett know that I, I played a guitar, I'm a little bit into music, and... Eventually, he came up to me and said, I need a bass player. Okay. So I started playing bass for the church. I was a guitar player. I said, well, I'll I'll pick up bass. It can't be that hard. I was wrong. But um, it is a bit different. But the spiritual growth of just being part of the church is amazing. And I want to get back to that salt because we all, most of us, have some flavor in our salt. You know, we, we believe in Jesus. We're following him. But how do we get more flavor in our life? And the answer is service. Service to the church, service to the community. And my service to this church has added so much flavor to my salt. And I just wanted to share that with you all. That, you know, I, just, I know time's hard. Sometimes we don't have time to do things. Uh, you know, obviously contributing financially is always a great thing and, and blesses you with grace. But... I challenge you to ask yourself, am I using my time wisely? And what could I be doing with this time to help the church, to help the community? Things that would add flavor to my salt. And God bless you all. I love every single one of you all. I'm so glad to be a part of a church with such fantastic and authentic people. Um, Praise God. Praise God. That was awesome. Thank you, Ed. If things like that are happening among a group of people, I think we're on the right track. I think we're on the right track. And we're living into the vision that God's given us for his church. And I think that's worth celebrating. Um, The way that God has, has provided for us as a church as well is also worth celebrating. And so uh, right now I want to invite Kevin Smith elder and member of the financial team to give us an update on that as well. Thank you, Brett. Well, good morning. Yeah, um, this is something uh, that we have a heart to to share regularly. Um, Our finances are 
are open to you guys. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to know. You guys take care of that. Some people want to know, and those are both fine and everywhere in between. We strive to, at a minimum, give you an update yearly, and we're honestly beyond, way beyond that. And we thought it would fit in well here because, as Brett kind of mentioned, when we started, when you start a church, um, you guys, we're not denominational, that, you know, whatever, that we didn't come with a set of beliefs that we had to just, we took on from a denomination, and that was something we had to work through. But we also, when you go off on your own like that, we came with no resources other than what the people um, that came with us had. And so... Um, that's a, an interesting, another kind of interesting and, and challenging thing to work through because as you start a church and you go to launch, you're like, well, what's our budget or what do we have for money? And we don't, we didn't really know. We didn't know. I mean, we had amazing people that we were connected with, but we, it's kind of a weird thing as you're like, you know, we're new. We don't know what's going on here. Um, and how are people going to be led? And so it's, it's a little bit of a, well, it's a big step of faith. Um, and so with that, we really wanted to always be careful stewards of everything that we've been given, that, that the church, and I say, it's, you're not giving it to me, you're not giving it to Brett, but to this community. Um, guys, everybody's been really faithful, and I, I actually wanted to go back. I won't reread the, the vision, um, but there's a few things we value, and I'll just say them, I mean, and I won't go through the definition. If you guys are got your interest peaked, that information is available, but we, we value Bible-centered ministry. We value immersive worship, transformed lives, and authentic community, right? Those are the things we value, and we want to be then equipped to serve and engage with the world. And why do I, I tell you that? Well, those are the things that we focused in the first six years, especially as we looked, how can we be good stewards and use our finances? We wanted to pour into things that, that fed to those. And so... Uh, we can put up, we have a one slide summary. Um, guys, as we came and we've been, we've been really healthy. I mean, you can look at those numbers while I talk and I'll talk more specifically, but not too long. Uh, this is how we've been, not exactly these numbers, but when we started out, we basically did a survey of the people who said they were going to join us, a blind sort of survey. And we said, hey, um, would you be willing to, to give some idea of what you're interested to give? And that's how we set off. And then we never followed up. We didn't check on it. And guys, from the first beginning of this church till now, God has been way more than faithful. We've never not had the resources that we needed to pour into those values. That's why I read those to you. And so as you look at the the finances that we've had, this is just looking so far into 2022. I could slice it and dice it all kinds of different ways. Guys, most of our money that we spend as a church goes to paying the staff, the people that we have, Brett, carry other people for children's ministry, um, people that help out in various ways. That's where most of our money goes to rent a facility. Um, we, our church to retreat, if you guys did that and the youth camps or retreats that we do, we, we supplement those and then outreach and giving. But let me say in those first three, the reason I, I read those values is to me, those feed directly into, right? Payroll of the people that we need to have this facility, right? That's how we're getting the word centered, uh, Teaching out to you guys. I think you guys know that. Um, that's how we're having a, a staff of people and volunteers as well who don't get paid that are able to minister and to meet those needs. This facility um, is amazing and very economical for us, but that's, that's a place that we spend our money. And then we really want to, we've really focused on blessing the church. We desire that we have that authentic community, that we connect together, what you've heard some of the people, what you heard Ed talk about and some of the people talk about. And so, Supplementing those things and making finances be not a hindrance for people to come um, has been a place that we focused. And so that's where we got. The number four is where we really want to continue to grow. 
Um, we do have sometimes people that give designated gifts for outreach, and obviously we pass those directly as they're requested. Um, we also have worked in, with, uh, with Rudy, who you guys some know, who's here, but he's, he's been building and, and uh, pastoring a church right across the border in, in Mexico. And we're looking for other ways that we can be impacted into the community, that we can outreach. Um, we don't desire to grow a big bank account. We're a nonprofit or a church, obviously. Like, we don't look at this and say, look at the size of our bank account. But, but we do want to show you because ultimately, guys, we're healthy. Ultimately, we have a big chunk of money on hand. We have enough for our operating expenses for many years if things went south. Um, our giving has been exceeding anything I think that we could have ever imagined. And thank you. We uh, desire to continue to be good stewards in that way. And as you can see, as our giving, as compared to our expenses, um, we're, we're significantly still positive. And that's a gap that we actually still desire to close because, like I said, we collecting the money for, for just for the sake of collecting it is not what we're looking to do. Um, there have been some things, as you guys know, as we said, COVID, when that hit, we didn't know what that was going to look like. Uh, what's that going to look like for us as a church? We lost the facility we were in. We were basically virtual only, as many places were, but we didn't even have a, a building that was a focal point. Um, and we didn't know what that would mean even financially. And let me say, this is not going back to that time, but um, we never really saw a, a, a step, a hitch, or any of that um, you guys were faithful, God's been faithful, and that's how you see us come to where we are today. So uh, thank you. Um, our determination is that we want to continue to invest in God's kingdom. One of the things we've talked about in the, I think a year ago, is, and we've been continuing to work on, is we really want to, uh, an area that we felt like we needed some more help, and really where we wanted to focus, it was less about struggling and more about trying to be a, a growth area, was trying to find somebody who could come in and help with our youth. Uh, be focused on our youth and supplement in the youth because that's been a crazy vibrant part of our community. Um, we started, as Brett said, with some little ones and some medium ones, and we've we've sent some off to college. We have what's Ignite now? High school, twenty something, twenty five, twenty six, twenty six high schoolers in a church of a hundred. That's pretty crazy, and so that's a place that we really want to focus. And so. Um, with that, we've been able to bring somebody in. We'll, we'll do that. But the other, before I go there, the other thing that people ask about a lot of times is a building. Hey, are we going to get a building? Are we going to build a church? Are we going to find a place? Um, guys, right now, buying a building or even a big piece of property is, even with the numbers that we showed you, it's really, we think, outside of our financial means. Um, it's not a place that we're willing yet to, to stretch like that. Um, if you guys haven't bought a house in this area recently or uh, haven't looked at the market, this is not an easy or inexpensive place to buy a piece of property. Um, and if we even talk about leasing a space, because we've looked, we'd love to have a, a dedicated space where we have an office where you can be like, oh, I know if I go there, Brett will be there during the week, or we could meet there. Um, even a, even a leasing a space for seven days a week right now is is still exceeding, even though this looks great, and it has been, to go to that level it exceeds what we're capable to do. So um, the finance team, which is the elder team and some other people, we're, we're open to those ideas. Uh, know that we understand the benefits. We think about that. We talk and we come. We, we, uh, but we're not actively pursuing that. If that's something that you guys are wondering, I, that's usually the, one of the main questions that we have. Um, I'll ad lib and say, I mean, as somebody who brings the trailer and does a bunch of stuff and I don't look for that, but like there's a, there's a connection to making church happen that I personally feel um, I worry or I think about how will that change when we do someday have a building because it's the connection between this church happening and us is very clear now. Um, 
but anyway, that's a discussion we could have for another time. But uh, that being said, the, faith, the finances have been faithful. And as I was mentioning, a place that we really wanted to grow into was in our youth. And so we've been looking for a while for a youth master, somebody who could, uh, somebody who could also do worship. We didn't find exactly the, the way that we thought, but we found two amazing people. And I think with that, I'll turn it to Brett. He's going to call him up. Actually, we can have Jared and we can have Adrian. So Adrian came out from us. Um, Adrian was one of those, if I pulled that picture, he was like uh, one of these little guys. And Jared is actually somebody that we've connected with in, in, in the, in the, along the way. And so Adrian is going to be helping with our middle school. And we actually have a big enough group that we have a, a chunk of middle schoolers. And we have a bigger chunk of high schoolers. And Adrian's going to, to help uh, come alongside those middle schoolers and also help on some of the worship activities. Jared's going to be coming alongside our high schoolers. And guys, this is uh, an awesome, exciting opportunity for us to grow with these guys. And so with that, I think we want the elders also, the not-so-eld, although every year we get a little more eld, um, except for Jeff. He's already eld. But uh, now, joking aside, joking aside, get his wheelchair. Now, but uh, we want to pray over these guys. We want to bless them. And we'd ask that you guys join with us and uh, we pray over them and over this. And so, Lord, we just lift up Adrian and we lift up Jared. We lift up their families. Lord, we're so excited uh, to see what you're going to do in them and through them and in this community uh, with these guys. And so, Lord, we just lift them up. We're so thankful. We know that all these things are, are if, from you and, and your spirit working through that is how it will really uh, function and thrive. Lord, we love our middle schoolers. We love our high schoolers. And uh, we're excited to see the, the growth and the opportunities that are come there. We love the families that come along with, with both of these guys. Lord, we just pray that you would bless them and fill them. Lord, we just pray that we as a, an elder team would be good mentors if that's how you'd seek us to be, especially Brett as he, he meets with these guys. And Lord, we know that we, we pray that we would be open to the uh, unique callings and giftings and word that you speak to these guys back to us, Lord, because we know that we don't have it all figured out. Um, I know these guys will probably say they for sure don't feel like they have it figured out, Lord. But as we step out in faith, seeking after you, Lord, and, and desiring to bless your community and to minister to your community, uh, we know that your spirit will move and guide us. And so we thank you. We thank you for the faithful people of South Point uh, that have given and, and in other ways financially and many other ways, Lord, and that will support uh, being able to do this. And, Lord, we're just excited to see six years. It's, uh, sometimes we look back and it feels like a, a, a long time, and sometimes it's, it's just like a blink of an eye, Lord. So we praise you and thank you and pray for many, many more years, Lord, in your will uh, to go before us in those things. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. So these are good things. These are good things to celebrate. It's good that we do. Um, and just in these last couple minutes here, we're about to, we're about to finish, but I do also want to look ahead a little bit. You know, I'm going to take you back to Acts nine real quick. That same verse nine thirty one said, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And then it says, and this is the part that really caught me when I had been reading this and thinking about this, this morning, it says, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy spirit, it multiplied. And, and I believe that if we walk in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we too will multiply. I don't want to be 
presumptuous and claim that God is going to do that among us as far as numbers are concerned because this verse is it's descriptive of what happened in Acts at that, at that point. It's not like a guaranteed recipe or something. But I also want to give just a voice uh, to, to what's in my heart for our church. I love you guys. I think you're awesome. And I think more people should know you and be part of you. Um, and so that I would love to see more people welcomed into this church family over the next year. And you know how that happens? It happens as we invite others in. Not me, not some great marketing plan, not some whatever. It's, it's, it's us. It's as we invite other people into this. And that will happen as each of us do that. And as Jesus said in Matthew 5, as we live bright lives, as we are shining the light to the world around us, we're called to be the light of the world. So a couple quick other things. What are some functional ways that we can plan for that? Because time's going to continue to march on. Six years, in some ways, seems like it was really quick. Um, Life's going to continue to happen. From a leadership standpoint, we currently have three other elders than me. And I do right now. You just saw them. I want to say thank you to each of those guys. We should give them a round of applause. They They have devoted a lot of their lives to you and a lot of their time for a very long time. And they, I love them. They do a fantastic job. Could not be better supported. Um, and, and in that, um, one of the things that we've recognized and we plan to act on in the coming year is to, to possibly invite another person or two into that group and begin rotating that elder um, group on and off kind of the active board. So pray that God uh, directs those decisions and points us to the right people. We'd also like to, Kevin mentioned, we'd like to um, add another person to the financial team uh, in the coming year. We've tried to do that a couple times in past years and hope that this is the year that the right person steps forward for that. Um, Our leadership core has has been small, but we would love to see that expand. It's not that we're trying to say, oh, we're going to hold it all to ourselves. That's not not what's going on. That's not our heart at all. Um, And we would also continue to um, want to find ways to grow and build our church from within. We want to continue to do things with children's ministry and youth and women's ministry and men's ministry and the retreats and gatherings, special events, all that. We want to keep doing that. But we also want ministries and opportunities to reach into the community around us. And I'll tell you the truth. That has been a challenge for us as a church. We've wrestled over it. And I hope that this year we can really make some key partnerships with the local community. This, this school community that we're standing in their building right now. I'd love to see that happen. Um, and to really try to discover the needs of the people in this neighborhood. This is the place that God has us. And it's hard sometimes to find out what people are even needing. Uh, we're a very closed little community and it's hard to break into that. But we want to be witnesses in the, the neighborhood where God has placed us. And I'm, I'm praying also, For some of you, you may not know it, but I'm praying for some of you that God would raise you up um, to minister outside of the walls of the church and that you would lead the rest of us into those places. You know, that we can come alongside some of the things that God puts on your hearts. And and we don't want to do those things just to stay busy. That's not what it's about. We're already plenty busy, right? That's not it. But we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that's how that church was, right? It said that they were in the comfort, the fear of the Lord, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And out of that, that's what multiplied. And that's what went into the world around them.
Um, so I'm grateful that these, these past couple of years have been years of, of healing and growth, but I also pray that the year ahead will give us more opportunities to shine the light of Jesus and multiply in our community. Sound good? Well, I'm going to invite Jeff Sullivan to come up here and close us up with a, a thought or two, and um, we'll wrap up with one more song of worship, and then we'll have some time to hang out together. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, this, that works too. Yeah, go with that one. Yep, I, I will. Morning, everybody. I don't know how, I'll, I'll start with a question. How does your heart feel now? That's good. Just, uh, I, I heard blessed. That's what I'm responding to. If your heart doesn't feel blessed, that's not good. But anyway, hey, uh, I heard a couple things and, and um, it's awesome the way the Lord moves because none of us really, I mean, Brett had all of the service in mind, but he just asked me, hey, wrap it up with prayer. So what I heard is that uh, the Lord has done awesome things in six years in an intentionally relational church that loves each other deeply. So for those of you who haven't been with us six years, you're like, what's going on here? But I think what I want to say to you is that the invitation of Jesus is the invitation to all of us uh, to advance the work of God in the world that God loves. And God is redeeming that world to himself, right? Isn't that part of the gospel? And the invitation from Ed to me is put some flavor in my salt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and what I would say to you is, um, yeah, some of us have, have stepped into leadership and we had no idea what God would do in us. And we thought it was about, oh, we're going to save souls and partner with God. And that has happened. But what I want to tell you as the old guy that, where's Kevin, that Kevin was real clear about as the old guy who has a, a daughter in college, you know, the true blessing of this church is that we've partnered together to help each other, uh, go deeper with Jesus, Right to live out the fruit of the spirit in our lives as as we've, as I look around the room, as I've seen it in you, you've shown me how to be uh, a man that has the fruit of the spirit of him, uh, of God in him. And then as I see you ministering to my kids, those kids are in the world and I'm excited about what the Lord has done uh, in and through you all in their lives and my life. So here's the invitation, go be salt, be bright lights, uh, the lights that Jesus called us to be. And as you do that, I mean, this is the invitation. Step in, whatever that means to you, right? This week at work, step into that. Be that light and watch God just unleash a blessing in you. You don't do that because you expect the blessing, but the blessing happens as you really walk and do uh, those things that Jesus invited us to do, right? Make disciples. You know what? Um breathe life and hope into a a despairing world that needs it, right? That's what South Point has done for me. I just wanted to testify. That's what South Point has done for my family. Um, And so let's pray together. Our hearts are filled. Let's pray together and then let's uh, go out and be that authentic community as we eat donuts and drink coffee and all that good stuff, shall we? So I'm I'm holding up the line to get to the food. So let's pray. Lord, Uh, What an amazing thing you've done in South Point these six years. God, you always had in mind the church, that we would be a fellowship and a community that would be deeply transformed by your spirit in us, but that as that happens, that we would transform other people around us. And that's just a beautiful thing, Lord. Thank you for my sisters and brothers who have ministered to me and my family. I just pray blessing over everybody uh, that's hearing this, that's maybe uh, on the live stream. Lord, would you... 
just speak to them. What does it look like to pour themselves out, to be lights in the world, to bring hope um, and to bring light and to partner with you to advance your kingdom? So Lord, as we do that, would you give us many, many more years of uh, your fellowship and your community at South Point? Lord, I lift up our pastor and his wife, Erin, on her birthday. And I just pray and thank you, Lord, and, and pray blessing over them. Would you continue to breathe life into them uh, so that we could, they could minister to us and then we could be your church. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen.